All right, guys, so I'm about to make an argument that is going to upset some people. So the electrification of our cars is a great thing because in terms of the environment, there are zero emissions. Although one could be concerned about gathering lithium ion, the recycling of that same technology and potential reuse or just straight up recycling it. And then we also have to talk about the fact that so many electric vehicles, mainly Tesla, which is the at the forefront of this, they're creating problems because they're just throwing every single control into a touch screen. And yes, this is stupid. So I'm going to talk about all of electric car problems how we got here, and why we need to kind of rethink a lot of this. Welcome to In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. This is a tech podcast all about you, the listener. My aim is to educate, inform, and most importantly, empower you with the tools that you need to face this ever-changing world of technology. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so let's start off with some of the glaring problems that are primarily introduced by Tesla. First and foremost, I have to give the disclaimer. I love Tesla cars. I dislike the man behind them. Point blank period, which is probably at this point why I will straight up refuse to purchase a Tesla vehicle. Now, so let's talk about this. And a lot of this is very prevalent in, say, like the Model 3 and things of that nature. So when we're talking about standardized car controls, we have electric cars creating problems based on things that have already been solved. For example, there are lots of stalks that are on one's normal steering column, such as for windshield wipers and things of that nature. Controlling the AC is another common thing that people need to be able to do. But in electric cars, for some reason, primarily Tesla, We don't have the options to control these things without going through a myriad of menus on a touchscreen. What happens when that touchscreen malfunctions? What happens when that touchscreen freezes? Think about it. There are so many things in which we lose that state-based focus. For example, you can look in a switch on in your home and figure out what's going on. For example, I'm looking at a dial on my stove. I can tell that, hey, this eye on the stove, this burner is on. I can take a look in my car right now, which will remain unnamed. I will take a look at my car and I can say, hey, the AC is on 100%. I don't have to tap a touch screen to wake it up. I don't have to tap one menu and then go to another sub menu and determine whether or not my wipers are on or how to turn my wipers on or how to manipulate the AC or opening a glove box. There, that's it, you, Tesla. There are just certain things which have already been solved. We're creating problems. Not, none of these were issues. Why are we doing this? 
Why did Tesla choose to do this? Why? Because Elon Musk is Elon Musk is Elon Musk. He thinks that everything should just be. He is essentially the Johnny Ive of the automotive industry. Think about Johnny Ive and Apple. Everything needs to be thin and beautiful. And then we have iPhones that fold in half. Everything needs to be minimal. Meanwhile, you have to go on a touchscreen, go a level or two deep to access windshield wiper controls, open your glove box, do things that are simple, shifting a vehicle. (laughs) It's just stupid. Like, have we lost our minds? Because here's the thing. The thing about cars is that how to do them in terms of its features, not necessarily the drivetrain, its features were solved a long time ago. And when I say features, AC, windshield wipers, glove boxes, these things, they're solved. We don't need to think of a new way to do it. And honestly, if you want to just break it down further, it's lazy. Because you're saying, oh, well, instead of me making this control here, instead of me doing this tactile control here, I'm just going to throw it all in a touchscreen and let the users figure it out. And the thing about Tesla is that its owners, similar to owners of Apple products, they're so loyal, they refuse to see the issues that have been made. So now let's move on and talk about lithium ion. All right, guys, so let's just take a step back because we all talk about the oil industry and how it is harmful to the environment and harmful on the planet because it is. But according to the Institute for Energy Research, we should all know that when we're mining, when we're using resources to extract, using resources to pull, using resources to gather there's going to be some cause and effect here. And if we're listening and taking a look at everything, that should let us know that we're trading one negative for another negative. It might be of greater magnitude, equal magnitude, or lesser magnitude, but it is still a negative. So let's think about it. First and foremost, when it comes to the extraction required for lithium-ion batteries, China dominates the market. It's just not like, oh, they have two or 3%. No, they dominate it. Point blank period. And mining and processing of lithium turns out to be far more environmentally harmful than what turned out to be the unfounded issues with traditional oil fracking. So here's some notes. So per the article that I'm going to link, of course, and it's a really, really good article. I encourage you to read the entire thing from top to bottom. 2016. Dead fish were found in the waters of the Leaky River, where a toxic chemical leaked from a lithium mine. Also, cow and yak carcasses. They were found floating downstream, dead from drinking contaminated water. It was the third incident in seven years due to a sharp increase in mining activity, including operations run by China's BYD, one of the largest suppliers for lithium ion batteries. And after the second incident in 2013, officials closed the mine, but fish started dying again when it reopened. 
Let's also talk about price increases. Lithium prices doubled between 2016 and 2018 due to exponentially increasing demand, of course. Of course there's more demand. We're having more phones, we're having more things powered by lithium ion batteries. Also, let's talk about processing. Processing. So, the lithium extraction process uses a lot of water. Approximately 500,000 gallons per metric ton of lithium. So to perform this extraction, miners drill a hole in salt flats and pump salty, minimal rich brine to the surface. After several months, that water evaporates, leaving a mixture of manganese, potassium, borax, and lithium salts, which is then filtered and placed into another evaporation pool. So after 12 to 18 more months of this process, the mixture is filtered sufficiently that lithium carbonate can then be extracted. 500,000 gallons. Additionally, this extraction harms the soil and it causes air contamination. So here's the thing. China, they're among the top five countries with the most lithium resources and is buying states and mining operations in Australia and South America, where most of the world's lithium reserves are found. So China's Taiki Lithium owns 51% of the world's largest lithium reserve in Australia, giving it con a controlling interest. And here's the thing. We always talk about, oh, this is made in China. This is made in China. This is made in China. This is just giving them more and more control over items that we're using. More and more control. So we know about some of the bad parts about it. Let's talk about recycling. And to me, this is one of the bigger, bigger issues. So I feel like we never really hear about the recycling of lithium ion. So let's touch on this very, very, very briefly here. Do you realize that these companies have so much, uh, let's just call it special sauce, that it's actually difficult to properly recycle lithium ion batteries. And then in Australia, only 2% of the countries 3,300 metric tons of lithium ion waste is actually recycled. So that means that unwanted laptops, MP3 players, cell phones, XYZ, they're just in landfills. And this is where those metals from the electrodes and ionic fluids from the electrolyte can essentially leak into the environment. So here's the thing, lithium degrades over time. Um, I'm sure that you've noticed um, you get a new iPhone, you charge it up to 100%. It lasts for it lasts all day. It lasts until the next day. But then two or three years later, it lasts a day. And then if you're a long hauler like me, oh, it lasts pretty much all day. I have to charge near the end of the day. You, you see this thing? Degradation. Degradation. So that's also one thing. A lot of people, they're trying to find uses for them, you know, trying to put them into other good uses and stuff like that. But it's just tough. It's just tough. So 
it is estimated that between the years of 2021 and 2030, there will be about 12.85 million tons of EV lithium ion batteries will go offline worldwide. And over 10 million tons of lithium, cobalt, nickel, and manganese will be mined for new batteries. So China, they're actually pushing to increase battery recycling, but it's it's just a thing, man. It's just a thing. So yes, while electric vehicles mean for cleaner air, they're not necessarily better for the environment when it comes for the mining and the potential pitfalls if we're not recycling this lithium properly and the other metals properly. So while we're all excited, we also need to understand the implications on the environment, which they're high, and also understand the implications of the much necessary need to recycle and pull out as much useful stuff as we can. So guys, I know it seems like I'm really against electric cars and I'm not, I love electric cars. How many times do I have to say it? But we're trading one bad essentially for another bad. We need to think about recycling. We need to think about just clean energy. And we also need to think about not mucking up something that works. Like I said, <laughs> when, when I was discussing like car interiors and windshield wipers and lights and air conditioning controls, that's been solved. Don't screw it up just because you have a touchscreen and don't jack up our planet trying to pump out all of this junk and don't even get me started on these charging networks because they're a complete disaster electric cars you've got some growing up to do guys until next time i'll holler at you thank you for listening to another episode of in the weeds with dexter johnson i'm hoping you're coming away more empowered educated and enthralled in the technological world be sure to tell a friend, share this episode, and follow me on Twitter at Dexter underscore Johnson. And most importantly, stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time.